Friends, open your Bibles this morning to Luke chapter 8, and uh, as we open the Bibles, I want to say hello to those gathered in Fellowship Hall, as this teaching is, uh, is being recorded for you as well. We're so glad that you're here worshiping with us this morning. Please open your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 8, as we, consider to, as we continue to explore having ears to hear. The passage this morning is Luke chapter 8, verses 16 through 21. Hear now the word of the Lord. Jesus speaking says, No one lights a lamp and hides it in a clay jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, they put it on a stand so that those who come in can see the light. For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open. Consider, therefore consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they think they have will be taken from them. Now Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him, but they were not able to get near him because of the crowd. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to see you. He replied, My mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your your word. And we come this morning into your sanctuary, quiet and cool, longing from the bottom of our hearts to hear your word of grace and truth. So, Lord, speak to us, we pray, in Jesus' name, amen. Therefore, says Jesus, consider carefully how you listen. Consider how. Ernesto Ciroli is an expert in economic development in Africa and other developing nations in the world. And in a famous TED talk a few years ago, he told the story of his first failure in Zambia. As a young Italian aid worker, he went in 1970 to teach the Zambians how to farm. He said at first everything was going great. The African soil was so rich and fertile. A tomato that would grow the size of your fist in Italy would fill out like a melon in Zambia. The zucchinis were like you had never seen. And he thought to himself, why are these people starving so much when the food just pops out of the soil so easily? He felt so good about himself. Now the Zambians had little interest in farming, so the well-meaning Italians, they paid the Zambians to come and work the farm and see just how easy it is. Oh, thank God that we're here, he thought. And just when the tomatoes were ripe and red and full, he, he went to bed thinking, maybe tomorrow we start the harvest. Overnight, over 200 hippos came up out of the river They ate everything that they had planted, the entire farm. And when he woke up and came outside to look, there was nothing but mud as far as the eye could see. He said to the Zambians, good good heavens, the hippos, man. And the Zambians said, yes, that's why we have no agriculture here. (laughs) And so Ernesto asked them, well, why didn't you tell me? 
And do you want to guess the Zambian's response? You never asked. Listening, good listening is much more than an open ear or passive receptivity. Good listening means mining for the right information. Consider how. Consider the way. Consider your habit of listening. Ernesto Ceroli's story is used by management gurus to teach executives and other leaders how to get past that circle of, of yes men, yes women that always surround them and get to the real deal of hearing what's going on out there in the business or the organization. You see, often leadership is about asking the right questions and drawing information up from sources that don't easily present themselves to you. A good CEO or president or executive director considers how they listen and values the honest communication they get in reply. A pastor uh, named Andy Stanley runs a little startup church outside of Atlanta. Maybe you've heard of him. And he says this, he says, leaders who don't listen will eventually be surrounded by people who don't have anything to say. How much damage can be done, how much time and resources and energy can be wasted simply as the product of failing to listen well. Friends, as we've said, we've had a, a terrible week as a nation, a terrible week. And with all of this that we're trying to to figure out and understand and we want to have something to say but one thought occurs to me this morning as applies to our sermon and it's this. It occurs to me that often the wisest and most Christ-like figure in the room is not the one who shows up with all the answers but the one who asks the right questions and is willing to listen. Jesus said let him or her who has ears to hear, hear. And oh, how we want those ears. We want those listening ears. So far we have seen that listening to the word of God is like building your house on a rock. We've seen that while we are trying to listen to God, the better news is that God hears us already and can hear us from wherever we are. We've seen that we are helpless and deaf unless God opens our ears by his power. Two weeks ago, uh, pastors John and, and Junior challenged us to hear even the hard and the difficult word from Jesus when he has something to say. And last week, uh, pastors Jennifer and Katie took us through the parable of the sower Asking what kind of soil is in my heart? Is it good soil ready to hear and receive the implanted word of God? And today we turn a little bit for the practical. Consider how, says Jesus. I want to have ears to hear and I know it's up to God's power, but is there anything I can do? What can I do to develop my hearing ears? What can I do to soften and fertilize the soil of my heart to hear the word? Consider how. In Deuteronomy 30, it all seems very clear, doesn't it? You will again obey the Lord and follow all his commands I'm giving you today. Then the Lord your God will make you the most 
prosperous in all the work of your hands and in the fruit of your womb, the young of your livestock, the crops of your land, the Lord will again delight in you and make you prosperous just as he delighted in your ancestors if you obey the Lord your God and keep his commands and decrees that are written in this book of the law and turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. You see, it's easy. It's simple. Hear and obey all that the Lord commands. It's just as easy as that. And you think, oh, pastor, well, that sounds actually very hard. I don't know that I can do that. Uh, no, look at the next verse. Now, what I am commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. Oh, okay. It just sounded hard, I guess. It sounded like a challenge. No, no problem. Scripture says you don't need to send someone to heaven and back. You don't need to send someone across the sea. You don't have to send a probe to Mars or a satellite around Jupiter. No, the word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so that you may obey it. Mm. Friends, this is the standard. This is holiness. This is mature Christian discipleship. This is a right relationship with God. I hear and I obey. And God sets it before us as clearly as possible two ways. Hear and live or ignore and die. It's as simple as that. And not just survival, but thriving here and you will live the life that is truly life. Hear and obey the word of God and your life will make more sense. Your relationships will be more fulfilling. Your parenting will be more effective. Your world will look more verdant. Your joy will be full. You know? Ignore and perish, but hear and flourish. This is what God expects. This is what God's righteousness requires. This is the standard. Now, can we get there? Not on our own. Not on our own. The word is very near you, but still you don't hear. The word is upon my ears, but still I'm deaf or I'm listening to something else. God has poured his word into my life, but for all I'm worth, I cannot obey. Help, Lord. Jesus does help. In fact, Jesus saves. Let's turn to Luke. On a first reading of Luke 8, 16 to 21, you might be forgiven to ask yourself if these verses go together at all. It sounds like a random conglomeration of disparate ideas. But let's unpack it a little bit. Verse 16 stands just fine on its own. Jesus says, no one lights a lamp and hides it in a clay jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, they put it on a stand so that those who come in can see the light. There's no electricity back then, just lamps lit with fire. You wouldn't waste the fuel of your lamp by hiding it. That's nonsense. So you set it up high and you let the light shine out. A verse about evangelism, about sharing the good news about Jesus. You have the light of God in you, so let it shine. Don't hide it. Yes, yes, good. That's a good teaching. 
but is there something more? Verse 18, 17, excuse me, the next verse, for there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open. Well, the four there leads me to think that it's connected to the the verse behind it, but let's set that aside for a moment. Jesus says that hidden things will be disclosed. God knows your hidden deeds. God sees your hidden actions, your solitary sins. Yes, sin will find you out. Nothing you try to hide will stay hidden forever. Chilling, convicting, a challenging word, a good teaching, a healthy teaching. Nothing is beyond the eyes of God, but is there something more? Then verse 18, skip the first part for the moment. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they think they have, will be taken from them. Right. A good reminder, a healthy teaching. God is sovereignly in control of your wealth and possessions. No matter what you're doing to to hedge your portfolio or ensure your assets, if God wants you to lose it all, buddy, it's gone and there's nothing I can help you with. And if God wants to give good stewards even more than they already have, then so be it. God determines our status and wealth so that we are situated properly to have the maximum eternal impact for the kingdom of God and for his own glories. So be content and at peace with more or with less. Good, a good teaching standing on its own. But Jesus said all of this at once. He stacked all of these on top of each other, one after the other. Are they really three random proverbs in a row or is there something more binding them all together? Why don't we go back and check the part we skipped. In verse 18, therefore consider carefully how you listen. Therefore. Now that's a strong word. Therefore. On the basis of these other facts, given these other affairs, therefore, see that might be a clue. Therefore what? Therefore consider how you listen. What if the whole passage is about listening? What if what Jesus really wants, what above all is that we learn how to listen well and to hear? Well then, verse 16 is not only a verse about evangelism, it's about listening. A heart that hears Jesus takes flame and shines. Genuine hearing will shine. It will illuminate. A soul in touch with God will burn like a light in a dark world. What if verse 17 is about listening to God? then it's not only about hidden deeds, uh, follow me here, it's actually more about projecting a false confidence. 
Or are you putting on a show trying to prove to those around you that you are on the right side of the Deuteronomy 30 divide? Oh yeah, oh yeah, you have to be a good listener. You have to be good at obeying everything that God tells you to do. And that's me, that's me, no doubt about it. I, I listen to God, I do exactly what he says. Everyone see that I'm, I'm with Jesus. I, we're, we're thick as thieves we are, right? Really? We have to watch out for that. I have to watch out for this, don't you? We want nothing more but to project that we are just as close and obedient to the Lord as we can be. But Jesus says what's going on in your heart, in the private places with God, inside your soul, no matter what religious or moral performance you're putting on out there, what's happening in your heart, that's what eventually is going to come out. What about verse 18 then? The one about money. Well, I don't think it's about money. I don't think it's about money. Jesus has a lot to say about money and and I'll never shy away from that as your pastor. Listen, how you deal with money and possessions and security, all of that will say more about your relationship with Jesus than most anything else. But in context, I think Jesus is talking about knowledge here, not money. Therefore, consider carefully peer into, discern and discover and thoughtfully contemplate how you listen because you may have piled up bad knowledge. You may have piled up so-called knowledge of God and what you think you have needs to be taken away from you so that you can actually receive what you need the true knowledge of God that is able to save your soul. Consider carefully how you listen. And so to emphasize it, Jesus' family comes. And this is not some random event, a disconnected event after three unconnected proverbs. This is the summation of the whole argument. Hey, Jesus, they say, your mom's out here. Your your brothers are, are out here. Verse 21, he replied, my mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. I love my family, says Jesus. My family consists of every person who has ears to hear, every man, woman, and child who hears my word and lets it settle in their hearts and and obeys and responds and has faith in my name. That's my family. Kinship with Jesus is being receptive to God's word and putting it into practice. So then, If it's all about listening, help me out here, Pastor. What do you mean? How can I hear better? How can I listen with intentionality? Let's try to get practical here. I want to give you a few things practically to think about, and then I'll close uh, with a little bit more about Jesus. But I'm with you. I want to hear God. I want to hear His Word. I want to obey. I want to be a good listener. I want to consider how, you know, these... uh, this graphic on the front of our bulletin, these, these earbuds. I want 
God earbuds, don't you? God buds. We could market that. And you just put them in and you hear from God. Don't you want that? I want to hear from the Lord. Four things that I want to share with you that help me to hear from God. Number one, read God's word. You know how you get used to someone's voice and you say, yes, that sounds like something she would say. It's the same with God. And you have his word right here to guide you. You have his voice right here. The more time you spend in his word, the easier it is to hear his voice. Read God's word. Number two, pray with an open imagination. The French Christian philosopher Simone Weil wrote, prayer consists of attention. It is the orientation toward God of all the attention of which the soul is capable. Pray when you can with listening attention to God. Number three, seek godly counsel. Do you have those uh, wise Christian disciples around you to lean on where you can have those testing conversations? I think God is telling me such and so. What do you think about it? Do you have wise elders in your life who can confirm God's voice or redirect you biblically in your understanding? You know, we need, uh, we need what I call hey dummy friends in our lives. Do you have a hey dummy friend? Hey dummy, you're walking right off the pages of the Bible with that one, you know? Hey dummy, you're turning right away from God with that one. I love my hey dummy friends. We need hey dummy friends in our lives. Lastly, number four, worship. Worship. Come into the community of hearers of God. Lift up his name in song and praise and prayer and recitation. Hear his word in the community of faith and watch the shine of every false god grow dim in the brilliant light of the glories of Jesus Christ. Worship well. Worship passionately and worship regularly. Don't miss it. That's four things that help me to hear the voice of God. Let me close by saying this, friends. Jesus knows we cannot meet the standard. Jesus knows how precarious it is. It's life and death. And he knows that we can't get there. He knows that we can't move ourselves over. He knows that even though the word of God is near us, it's filtering into us, that in our own confusion and sin, there's a rebellion in our hearts that turns us away from God, that keeps us from being able to obey. Jesus knows this, and he wants you in his family. He wants you to be that kinsman who hears the word of God and obeys it. He wants it so bad. In fact, it's his joy, and he will do whatever it takes to bring you home, to heal and make whole what is what is wrong in your heart when you hear the word of God. He'll do whatever it takes. He'll pay any cost, even going to the cross. Jesus knows 
the predicament we're in, and He loves you. And you don't have to know how to get to heaven and back. You don't have to know how to cross the seas to hear the Word of God. You only need to know the name of Jesus and cry out to Him and open your heart to Him, and He will fill you with all that you need. Amen. Father God, our hearts are so hungry to hear from your life-giving word. Our souls are so thirsty to know the grace that you speak through Jesus Christ, your Son, by the power of your Holy Spirit. Come into our lives and open our ears, open our hearts, and implant your saving word within us. In Jesus' name, amen.